And I, and even now, like this was when I was 35, but even now I remember thinking, oh my God, I finally feel like myself again. Um, and that's the thing, like I'm 50, who cares? I just push hard the whole time and see where I come in at. Hey, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. Thank you all so much for your positive feedback for our guest last week. Scott was such a pleasure to have on, and it really did prove how big he is in the community because the amount of people who were like, yeah, I know Scott, and he's amazing, uh, was actually pretty outstanding. So I love when I get feedback from you guys. The best way to reach me is at the new Instagram handle for this podcast specifically which is trail running women pod so please do go follow us there if you'd like to support the show because then when i ask people to come on the show they know that we have been around for a while and we have some credibility so it all really helps if you would like to support the show further i put the old episodes up on patreon so they have a place to live forever and last episode i asked for a little bit of feedback on what you guys would like to hear there and a lot of people came back who know this, and said, how about some blogs on running through pregnancy with kid number two? Because, why am I out of breath just talking? I am, when this comes out, about 16 weeks. So I've done fat dog, 65 kilometer, at about six weeks pregnant, and felt pretty good, came in third for that race and then did a 50K at 10 weeks. That was just really fun. And that was the one that I did with my husband as a relay and that felt pretty good. And then I have one in three weeks from today, which will be about 18 weeks in Vegas. And that one will be fun because the game we play is like how pregnant will I be before my husband beats me? And not in a cocky way, in a way that like he trains by lifting weights, which as we know for 50K is not always translatable. But he actually has been running a lot right now and he's pretty fit. So I have a hunch he's going to get me on this one because it's pretty runnable and I can still climb, but like flat running, I'm quite slow. Anyways, there's so many different parts to it now because it's like with kid number two, your body is a little bit different already. And then also you have kid number one to take care of. So it's been interesting just to kind of see the response to it physically um, and mentally and desire wise. So I think with your first one, this is all going to go in the blog. Never mind. I won't get into it now. There you go. That's your teaser. Okay, but I'm going to finish that thought. Your first one, you're kind of so connected to this identity before you have your kid that it's a really important part of it. And now it's sort of just this thing I do because it's fun. But Hanging out with my current child is more important now. Anyways, you know what? Yeah, we'll leave leave that. But I feel like if you're a mom, you kind of know what I'm saying, even with that little bit. Okay, that's enough chit-chat. We'll get into today's, today's guest, who is Tammy. And she was really fun because quite often we find people who find running when they're older, but it's all about just accomplishing things and finding something for themselves. And Tammy was kind of a unique perspective where it was all of that, but also that she was able to really set some goals on trying to have some good outcomes and run faster every year and take it competitively for herself, but also have this um, like great mindset. And I think she has like a really great balance and mindset on how she did that. So it's really cool because it makes you realize how important this sport can be lifelong. 
and that you can have these big goals and you don't, it can just be versus yourself or what you thought was possible and breaking those limits for yourself. Uh, So she's pretty fun to talk to and she has a lot lined up. So she's going to be fun to follow along as well. And I'll leave it at that. I'll let you hear most of it from Tammy herself. I have a guest today who I actually was connected with via another guest up in Rosslyn, BC. And we are sort of running on the theme of the amazing things you can do even as not old, but as we do age. And Tammy Gibson is a great example of somebody who just seems to be getting faster as you go. So I'm excited to get into your journey and how you have continued to improve. You're now 51 with some absolutely amazing accomplishments. So Thank welcome you. to the show, Tammy. You wrote me a bio that's very long. <laughs> time. There's a lot of things here that I really love. But um, one of the things was that you didn't start running until you were... 30 yeah. years old. So tell us a bit about how you got into running in the first um, place. So I started at 30 after my last um, baby and I came home from the hospital way too heavy for me. And I thought if I know, if I don't do something, I'm never going to get this weight off. And my kids are and family's very active and I didn't want to get left behind. Like I didn't want to be the mom that like, I can't go because I can't physically do it. So I said to my husband, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to be a runner because it was easy and simple and I just needed a pair of shoes. But it took me a while to build up. So I did a run-walk plan. I couldn't even run a block. And a year at my at her first birthday, I was my weight was lower than before I got pregnant with her. And I would call myself a runner at that point in time. Okay. So one of the things that comes up a lot for people is just how to fit it in after they have had kids and their life changes. And I think What's kind of neat about your story is it's after your third child. So if you can remember back, I know it was a few years ago now, do you remember how you fit in starting to increase mileage and become a runner with three small kids? Yeah, it was early morning runs. I had to get up before he went to work because if I waited till he came home, like with three kids and dinner and household stuff going on and he ran a construction company at that time, there was no way I was getting out after So uh, it was all early morning runs before he went to work. And I ran a lot also with the youngest in a jogger. So I did that too. Um, And the older kids were really involved in uh, cross-country skiing, in Nordic training. So I tagged along with them as much as I could. But then that youngest was in in that buggy. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like it's easy to gloss over because it sounds so simple, but... I say it all the time, like you got it. It's if it is hard and you're tired by the end of the day, it has to be the first thing that you do if if that's a possibility for you somehow. Uh, because you're right, at the end of the day, it's almost it's way harder to get out, almost impossible. Yeah, it is tough. It's tough. And I worked at I worked at night at that time for part of that also. Um, so he would come home and I would go to work, so we didn't have to do daycare. Gotcha. Your bio kind of skips ahead to then, so this was all around 30 years old, ahead to 47 and sort of getting into some distance running. But let's fill the gap in a bit over those 17 years. I know you mentioned doing a couple of 5 and 10K runs for fun, but what did running look like for you in that time and how did you stay motivated? Uh, It was just, it's social, like just a group of girlfriends and we motivated each other and and had group chats and and we met that way and it was my social time. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's be, it's fun and it's, it's something to do for yourself, right? Right. Exactly. And my t- time away for my kids and yeah, and that was my social network. One of the things that kind of sticks out is that you definitely sound like you're competitive and you enjoy the process of improving. But in that time when it's just your social, were you working towards any goal? Was there anything like did the competitive edge sort of of how you can push yourself come later? Or was that how did that look? Yeah, I did. None of that was going on during that time period. Like all those um, 10, like the Sun Run 10K or 5K local um, fun Mother's Day type runs was just for fun, really. That's yeah. really cool that it can shift and be something different for you. I think a lot of people get stuck that like running has to be this to me. Um, and I liked also you talked about you went through a couple things in your life and had to take breaks and then it was always yeah. there for you. So yeah, I think it's yeah important to note that for huge chunks of time, running can be fun to you or it can be competitive to you and then it can shift and it, that doesn't have to change that the fact you're a runner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't have that. And, and even now, like race day to me is another, just another day because I've put in so much training time and it's really the training that I love, like just the, the disciplined training and dedication. That's the part I I love. And whatever happens on race day kind of happens on race day. And I'm just surprised about what's happening. Yeah. yeah, I'm working with an athlete that trained all summer for this big event and she trained so hard and never missed a day. And then four miles into the event, she rolled her ankle bad enough that they had to stop. Oh. Oh, and yeah. obviously that is just like crushing and you have to give yourself some time to just be so epically disappointed. But equally, that's exactly what I said. Like you have to look at what you did this summer and how fit you are and all the work you put in. And like that was so, you could tell from her notes, so enjoyable to her. And I think that is that progress and those training is something that is pretty unique to ultra running, maybe in general. Yeah. 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 What about when you did have to take breaks? So especially when you are not a runner growing up, I think this people get afraid of these types of things. So you talked about surgeries, um, having to go through some really hard life events. Can you maybe talk us through like one of these events, what it felt like? And how you came back to running? Because a lot of people, they they once they sort of fall off the wagon, quotations. Yeah, like they break, they get worried if they break it that they can't get back to they it. They can't I mean, get back, yeah. They break the habit of it. Well, I could say, well, one of the surgeries I had, um, it took me quite a while to get back to it. But I can remember my first run. Um, like I always knew I would go back to it. And this one, after the surgery, it took me four months to come back. And I, and even now, like this was when I was 35, but even now I remember thinking, oh my God, I finally feel like myself again because I was out there and running on the trails and I was like, oh, thank God I'm back. Like it just, I don't know. It make it, it's who I am. Like, I, I think I'll always have this now. I've, I've been doing it for so long. It's just like ingrained in me. Yeah. So it's almost like you just have to get out the door that one time and then it can all fall into place. Yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't have like, like I even, you know, when I've I've been running with my girlfriends, I'll say to them, um, 
and the, sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, we're getting older and we should be careful about not doing these long distances. And, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm going to be 70 years old and tootling along out there. I don't, someone else might not call it running, but that's what I'm going to call it. Like, it's just, it, it's now to the point where it's just who I am. Like it, I'll always, always be out there running. And so what about them knowing that you're going to be slower, things are going to be different when you're 70? Is that hard for you? No, not at all. Not at all. That's nice. Just, progress, <laughs> just progression, progression of life. Like I'm actually surprised that I'm as fast as I am now. Like I'm, I'm re- quite surprised. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So you do it for fun for a long time. You're 47 years old and yeah. your son-in-law is a distance runner and things all change. So what happened here? Yeah. So that was, that, that came down to my son-in-law and he said, we started training together um, he had done a lot of distance running, so he created a plan for us and, um, we registered for a local race here at 25 K and it was my first one. Um, and, and because he had done it before, um, and he created a plan, I just kind of followed along with him and I did my first 25 and came into the, out of the trees and saw the finish line. And I was like, Oh, that's it. Like we're done already. Um, and so then he said to me, oh, you should try 50 before you turn 50. And I was like, okay. And then I registered for our local Broken Goat. And again, he, set up, he set up a training plan. It was something that him and I did together. So at that point, obviously you've been running for a long time, but was your family surprised, shocked? Had you been in Rossland for a while? Like everybody wants to do Broken Goat. So what was the perception from your friends and family? Uh, like my, my immediate family, like the kids and, um, and my husband, they weren't surprised, but my parents don't really understand it. They, they think like my dad the other day said, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) (laughs) So they don't, they, he, they don't really get it. I just don't talk to them about it, but no, the other, they weren't really surprised. I think it was a natural progression, um, to try that. And so I've done the, I did the 50, uh, it was during COVID. And I, I'm really holding myself back on not doing another one. I'd love to do another one, but I'm, I'm worried just with age and the amount of hours and it's pretty hard on your body. I'm, I'm like just for longevity of the sport. And I really love the 25s because yeah, they're 25 short. is a fun distance. Yeah. They're short and fast and you can push hard the whole time pretty much. And yeah, that's what I'm really loving right now. The 50 wasn't like, I mean, the last 10K of the 50 was tough, but um, my time was pretty good and it was never, it'll never be marked because it was COVID. Yeah. So what happened? You guys just decided to go out and do it by yourself? Yeah. It, yeah. Because we had already started the training and it was in the spring and him and I had just finished a training run and we were coming back from it. And then we, it came over my phone and it was like that it was canceled. And I was like, they canceled canceled to go because of COVID. And I was like, well, what are we going to do anyways? Like we're all stuck in the house. We may as well keep training for it and do it. And that's what we did. And so that was good because it really created a routine during that crazy time. Um, and we went out early in the mornings. Um, we were even asked not to, like there was locally, like people in the town next to us didn't want us running on their trails. And I don't know, it was a bit, it was, it was a bit of a silly time. But him and I went out early in the mornings. We didn't see anybody. We got all of our training in and, uh, and we did the goat and it was a great, it was a great day. I'm happy. I'm happy. I did it. 
Yeah, yeah. What was your feeling when you got to the end of that one compared to the 25? Uh, well, I came in, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> God. Yeah, my hamstring super, super tight. I like, I think I gallop, did a gallop like the last couple of kilometers because my hamstring was so tight. Just want to take a quick second to thank today's sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by AG1. So AG1 is a nutritional supplement made from 75 high quality vitamins and minerals that they have put into a format that is the easiest supplement you can have to create a full long-term habit with. So it's one scoop mixed with cold water. You can do it first thing in the morning, you can do it after your workout. And the kicker is that it actually tastes good. So instead of having to mess around with a variety of pills, you just do this one time a day. I like to put it in smoothies. I like to bake it. I like to have it in the fridge pre-mixed so I can just wake up and chug it in the morning. Then I feel extra good about the way I'm starting my day. And it has been around for years. And they continue to make it better. And more and more people in the health and wet wellness world are saying, okay, this is the one go-to supplement I need. So many people that I really trust what their opinions in health and wellness. The Human Lab, for example, he is such an expert on all of the details, like the probiotics and the prebiotics and all the things that you need for optimum health. So I really feel good that I am doing something for my body every day that I've put a lot of research into and the results are definitely noticeable. So the cool part is it's not expensive, it's less than $3 a day, and if you go ahead with the deal, you get five free travel packs, and the travel packs are awesome because if you're traveling to races or for work like I do a little bit, you just keep them in your bag and then you never have to miss a day. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash TRWP. That's drinkag1.com backslash TRWP to check it out. So then after that, it looks like you started to get into some actual structured training in the first for the first time. So what was, what was the goal here? My husband got it for me for my birthday. So he contacted a friend of ours um, who was my kids, um, my older two kids, a cross-country coach, um, and he's now the um, the head coach for cross-country BC, uh, Chris uh, Manhard. And so did, my husband contacted him and said, "Can you do you want to give Tammy a training plan? And this is what she's thinking of doing. And it was like a birthday gift. And so I wasn't too sure about it. Um, so anyways, I obviously ended up taking that on. And um, yeah, been with him ever since. But my it was tough. It was definitely tough because I wasn't, it was much more than what I was doing before. I'd never done intervals before in my life. Um, my son-in-law has said we should do some intervals and I never embraced it. And uh, the first time I did the intervals, I can even now remember I was crying and my husband was there and, and he said to me, oh my God, I don't know if she's going to hang on to this and do this. But um, I did, I did. And now, and now my training plan has evolved a little bit and I do intervals about twice a week. So how old were you when you started doing this? I think, I think that was in August of 2020. And do so, you remember what any of those intervals were 
like. So sorry, August of 2020, so like 48. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of being closer to 50 and starting some speed work. A lot of people feel nervous about that and would give the same response of like, no, this isn't necessary for me. So two questions. First of all, what did those intervals actually look like? Well, when you said that was it necessary for me, I never question the process. So whatever he gives me on my training plan, I don't. I no, don't but I mean, when your son-in-law said you should do intervals and you just never did. Oh, well, 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 because he's just creating a plan, right? Right. And Chris is a scheduled, like Chris has a proven track record. Yeah. And he's a, and he's a coach and he's been doing this for a very long time. So then when he, when Chris started putting them on my, when I had that right away on there, I was like, okay, I guess I have to do that. Like, it's not a, it's not a good feeling to do them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now look like I, I t- 100% trust the process, um, from, from my coach and I know, and I'm, and I'm seeing all like, it's paying off obviously. Um, but originally I was like, I did not embrace it. Like it was awful. Like when I had it on my plan, I was like, Oh my God. But now I've done it so much. Like I just, I know. And I can't wait for them sometimes because I'm like, you, you know, you want to have a fast run day. What did they look like the first time? What type of intervals and what do you do now? Uh, like describe the process of the type of interval. Yeah, because what I'm getting at is that people that are closer to 50 don't want to go out and have 400 meter reps on their plan because there's a bigger chance of injury and stuff like that. So I'm wondering how someone would introduce somebody who's starting this later, what it would look like. What they are is like a 15 to 20 minute warm up in like a zone, really low zone. And then like a three minute at threshold, two minute recovery, one minute or like 30 second sprint, like three minute recovery. Um, and then like a four minute really low. And then, so that's the kind of the start every single time. And then I have a set different set of the actual interval. And then I have like a 15, 20 minute cool down, which is almost like just a walk. But that little set in the middle of the actual interview uh, uh, intervals changes every time. So sometimes they're, sometimes they're six minutes long. Sometimes they're three minutes long. Um, and, and it depends. Um, and then I train by heart rate. How did your body respond at first to that? And I mean, I know you, we talked you had an ankle ligament surgery, but other than that, what were any injuries or anything that had come up and how did speed work affect that? Um, well, I was sore. My body was sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sore and achy. And I don't have that anymore. Like even after my last run, I mean, race, I felt a bit stiff, but I ran the next day. Nice. And I haven't had any injuries after the goat. If funnily enough, my arms were sore. Um, my upper body's a bit wimpy. So I've been really working on that. Um, I can finally do a pull-up, which I'm pretty proud about. Um, and on my strength days, I try to really focus on working out my upper body. And um, But I haven't, I haven't had an injury, knock on wood, for a really long time. And my goal lots of times is run fast and don't fall. Like, don't fall down. And I'm, and I'm really fast on the downhill. Yeah, especially like up in that area, you're, um, you're in a super technical yeah. Part of the world, right? So, yeah. 
Okay, so you start adding this speed in, and then what was the end goal for the speed? Was there a race, a type of terrain that you wanted to run on? Um, I mean, I'm always running on the trails here, and and in that type of terrain, um, I push hard on the downhill and all the technical, um, because that's where I can really catch up in races. Um, my goal, my goal for like, if you're thinking about the training and what I was working towards, my goal this year of 2023 was to do one race a month. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So I started in January with North, with some cross country ski racing and I'd never raced before, but it's a really good, um, switch off from running. Um, because now it's like when I start up again in the season in the spring, when I switch from cross country skiing to running, there's no really transition like my cardio stays there the whole time and so why did you want to do one race a month well I, I asked my coach what should my goal be and that that was his suggestion and I don't get race sort of anxiety because I mean I'm 50 years old who cares I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to the Olympics right <laughs> it really takes the pressure off like I don't know and then I when I come in like higher up um, like when I did my first, I'd never done a half marathon before. When I did that in June, I was like shocked that I came third place in my age category. Um, and that's the thing, like I'm 50, who cares? I just push hard the whole time and see where I come in at. Right. Yeah. And so what you going through this year, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these races are, like you said, you love the kind of half distance and a couple 10Ks and stuff like that in there. So it's not yeah. like you have to do a huge taper and a huge recovery. So it just sort of gives you a highlight each month. So that actually is pretty yeah. fun. And something to work towards. And I would say my toughest race of the year was our local 10K here. <laughs> <laughs> because the speed on a 10K is so fast and there are so many fast ladies there. And I had to push hard the whole time and there was no let up. Like I had someone on me the whole time. Um, and it that was my toughest. Yeah, for sure. I know that feeling is awful. I mean, that, yeah, that's a pretty awesome year. Other than in August, you ended up with um, the flu, but accomplished your goal other than that. Yeah, that must be more busy. The flu came after uh, the goat. So I think uh, I was just run down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty common, actually, I think. Yeah, we had a that in August. I had a trip planned into Cathedral Lakes um, with a group of ladies that I join um, once in a while to for some training days, and they ended up going in there and came out um, to those fires there. In, oh wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You also one thing I want to chat a little bit about after this year in January in two thousand twenty three, you took on a nutritional challenge and decided to quit drinking. So tell us about that. Yeah. So my husband wanted to do this nutritional challenge at our local gym here. Um, uh, Elevate was, was doing this and I had, it was really bad timing for me. Um, and I asked my coach what he thought of it and he did not think it was a good idea because then you go into a cut and I'm, and I'm training. Um, so we, we made a plan. Um, so I had like, uh, high days and low days. So it depended my calories depended on what I was doing for that day. And I really kept a good eye on it. Um, and so with the nutritional challenge, you have to add in your alcohol. So either you can drink or you can eat. And I would rather eat mm -hmm. than drink. So, and it was one more thing I wanted to tweak because I'm always like adding on something else. Like how can I, 
how can I, how can I tweak? Like, so if I think about myself as a machine, how can you tweak the machine to get the most performance out of it? And so cutting alcohol was the next thing on the list. And it was pretty, like, like my daughter said to me, mom, it was pretty easy for you because you don't really drink anyways. Um, but even like for in a social aspect, I would say that was kind of awkward in the beginning. And, um, but now it's, I think I'm done with it. Yeah. It's easy now. So even, yeah, even if you didn't drink that much, what sort of impact did you feel? You mean in a social setting? No, like physically. Nothing because I hardly drank at all. Like if I really think about it, I didn't, I didn't drink that much, but the nutritional challenge really helped me. Um, I ended up actually eating more calories than I was before. And with all this training, I did not get sick. So I think that was the most important aspect that even during my cut, I mean, other than August and I was really run down, but I, but I took, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in the nutritional challenge in, in August, um, that I took the summer off from it. But I dropped like 20 pounds, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was 20, I dropped 20 pounds, which made climbing on the hills so much easier. Yeah. Not carrying an extra 20 pounds on you. So I think that that's really helped with my, um, with my speed and um, just feeling so much lighter. On and the so you're eat, eating more and dropped the weight. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, eating more and dropped the weight because – it was like mac for macronutrients. So you're my he changed my protein, my carbs, and my fat content. And I think like most people, you don't eat enough protein and you eat too much fat, right? So as soon as you start entering all your stuff in because you had to log it, I was like, oh my god, that was shocking. It's shocking. I always think I'm eating enough protein, and then I'll go back and check to look. And I think women, like first of all, don't ever believe you need as much as you need. And then second of all, it's it's really hard and it has to be spread throughout the day because your body can only absorb so much in one sitting. And if you do start to look at it, it's easy to be 40 or 50, 70 grams below what you're supposed to have. And it is such a difference because when we're out there back to back days, we start to break down our muscles and we need that protein to build it back up. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, and that's really worked and I've kind of kept on it. Now I have like a a maintenance. Um, so when I'm not in a cut, I have a maintenance, um, numbers that I, he, he worked with me on. Yeah. And it was, it was really great and very eye opening and yeah, it worked out really well. I was like, I wish I would have done it a long time ago, but I don't think I was ready. Like it's to do it. Um, and we had, you know, you got kids at home and it was, you have to eat a certain way and be more diligent on it. And I don't think I had time before. So I don't, I don't think I was ready to do it. No. And I find actually the whole like weighing and measuring and tracking everything to be quite triggering, triggering for a lot of people with the numbers. So like when I'm tracking, I don't care if I have too much fat, I'm not worried about it. But what I am worried about is making sure I'm getting what I need. So I'll just pick one macronutrient to check every once in a while and just see where I'm at. So there's ways to do it that aren't all encompassing, I think. Yeah, I still, well, I, st I still track it. And when I go away to races, like, um, when I had a race in, uh, April, a ski race and I, and I brought a lot of my own food, like pre, I pre-made food for that trip and mostly because I wanted to make sure I was eating enough. So one of the things I think is interesting is, you know, you say kind of, oh yeah, I'm 50, who cares? Obviously this is super important to you and a focus probably every day of like, 
you kind of mentioned before we were on, oh yeah, you have your training program in front of you because you don't think about it. You just see the work you have to do that day and you do it, which I love. That's part of the reason of having a coach is it takes all that work away. See, right now I'm in a, um, I have six weeks off of my training plan just to kind of recover mentally from um, the training plan and physically and just to give myself a break from it. But even within that, I have 15, 13 to 15 hours a week of some sort of endurance. And so now I have to create it myself, which I'm finding a bit more difficult because I have to try to fit it in and, th- and think about it and create a schedule for myself and try to get those hours in. Um, but I treat it as, because I don't work full time. I never have worked full time. Um, I work a little more than part time. I have a very flexible schedule. So I treat my training plan as my part time job, my other part time job. Just want to take a second to thank our second sponsor, Currens. So Currens is a running supplement made in New Zealand from black currents, and it is scientifically proven for better recovery, GI support in the heat, and special fat metabolism effects. And they've just launched in Canada in the U.S., where it's used by elite athletes and teams around the world. So prominent ultra runners Hayden Hawk, Stephanie Flippin, Ruth Croft, and Anna Frost all use Currens in their training and racing. So it is the most researched black current in the world with 40-plus independent studies proving their range of health and fitness benefits. The main thing is that it's specific to muscle soreness with three times faster recovery, offering 49% less muscle soreness. So this is something that is unique to being able to get out and get the work done day after day, especially with ultra running, when we have to put those long back-to-backs. And Currens will give you your money back if you don't experience the benefits. So if you head over to currensusa.com, you can use discount code TRW20 for 20% off your first purchase. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. So yeah, my follow-up question to that then, because it does matter to you so much, is when you do say you take these breaks, you talked a bit about a grandson being sick and sounds like that might have taken yeah, quite a bit of time there to help support with that. What do you do mentally to get through those times when this huge part of your life has to go on hold? Well, I didn't that like during that time part, like when he was ill um, and I was also really sick during that time, I, there was no way I would have been able to run anyways. There's no, there was no, I could not physically. Yeah. I just, I couldn't, I could not physically do it. It was a really hard time for us. And I, when I came back from that, um, you know, people had said to me, Um, you know, lots of times when people take big breaks and they come back, they come back stronger because you've really given your body a a good break. And I came back and ran the goat because I had already registered for it and paid for it. And I thought, well, I may as well, I may just be hiking it that day. Like I had no expectations. Um, and I was really happy that I was actually even able to run again. That's how sick we were during that time frame. So, um, yeah. And, and so during that time frame like when you say from a mental aspect how how was I I wasn't even thinking about it like because our grandson was so sick I couldn't care less everything was put on the back burner yeah I get yeah and so what about do you have any tools then that you use like if you were say you were just injured with an ankle or something and you have this stressful thing that you have to deal with do you know what I mean do I ha- did I have any tools? Yeah. So obviously 
like we talk about this a lot because it happens for people where work is stressful and life is stressful and they run and it is meditative for them and it gives yeah. them a focus. And if that goes away and if you're sick, it's one thing because you don't really have the desire to get out, but say you broke your big toe or something. Do you have any other, other tools to get through hard times? Any, like another outlet? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm never, I'm not really a sitter. Like I always have other things going on. Um, like we have a piece of property and we have, I have big gardens and we have chickens and we had turkeys this year and I can and cook and bake and I don't know. I always have like a million things going on. So I just pick something else. One of my other hobbies, um, and kind of takes the focus. And because my ankle injury was quite a while ago. So I don't remember what did I do during that time to fill that, that void. But I like, like people before I know I can remember, they've asked me like when I wasn't, um, uh, racing and focused on racing, they would say to me, what are you, what are you training for? Cause I was out there all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I'm running for mental health. That's what I would just, because it, I, it felt, feels so good. Like I'm a much happier person if I can get out on the trails and kind of clear my mind. It makes a big difference. And that's why I say like, it's just part of who I am now. And I've had people, if I haven't seen them for a while, they're like, oh, you're still running. I'm like, yeah, I'm still running. Like I, I always, it's just part of my makeup. And so what about now? I mean, you just had this epic year. Um, we're heading into the time of year almost where people start thinking about these big law goals for 2024. What was that yeah. noise? Where are you at now? <laughs> Well, because I've been thinking about it a bit, like I got to come up with a plan for next year and start registering. Um, and I have never done a full road marathon. So I probably will do one. Um, I've got to figure out where and when. Um, I've, I've thought about the BMO. Um, I think that's early May this year. And, and, um, yeah. and also people have talked a lot and said that I should go do the Chicago marathon, that that's a really good first one to do. And I've had a like different people say that to me. So I'm kind of feeling that's maybe and that registration is already opened. Um, so I've got to get on that if I'm going to do it. But we, um, my employer is coming close to retirement and I've worked with him for a very long time, like 17 years or something. And so as a gift, a retirement gift, he's taking my husband and me to Switzerland oh. and we're skiing the route and going to Chamonix to ski because um, we also ski tour. And that's in April so uh, I don't know if doing BMO is a good idea because I'll be over there and I don't know how much training I'd get in because I'd come back and do that right away. Uh, yeah, so I got to come up with a plan. I, I don't know. I guess my focus will be a full road marathon. I just don't know where yet. Yeah, and I mean, May is hard because that means you're doing a lot of snowy road running yeah. up where you are, right? Yeah, um, yeah I can. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of flat here. No. Like, like I was, we were talking the other day, okay, if I'm going to train for a full flat marathon, where am I going to run? Because there's not a lot of places to go. So down the hill from us, um, like 10, 15 minute drive, I can head down there, but it, it'll be loops or it'll be out and back on the road. Yeah. Out and back, out and back, out and back. And it's, that's, that's the only place really. So it's, it, it's really hard to find flat around here. Yeah. And it ha the training has to be enjoyable. And a road marathon, 
is epically different than a half marathon when you get into some yeah. of the long stuff. And if you're just going back and forth on a street, you're going to wonder why you signed up for I this. Did, yeah, I did train down there um, for that um, half marathon that I did in June. So I did some road running down there. I ran pace, which is the first time I ever did it. Um, so I have been down there and there's no cell coverage down there. So I don't always feel great being out there on my own, but we'll, um, we'll see. I think that's going to be my only option really. Yeah. Chicago actually does sound good and the timing sound good, but anyways, that's a different conversation. Um, what about, so we're almost out of time here, but what about super long in the future? What are kind of your like dream goals? Um, one of the ladies that I, um, we went for a hike the other day and I was talking to her and, and, um, she is, I think in her late sixties and she does a lot of like long, like those, I don't know what's it called in Manning park there, that, that dog. Yeah. She does those sort of hundred mile or 200. I don't know if that's for me. I always keep it in the back of my head. I'm trying not, I think it's a very easy to keep adding on more distance and I, and I don't know if I should go there or not. So um, I'll keep running the 25s because I love I love the speed of them. Um, will I do those long distances? I don't I don't know. My husband says no. He doesn't he doesn't think it's a good idea. Not just for like the amount of training hours you have to put in. I mean that's fine because our kids are grown and gone and and I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. But just for longevity of the sport, I don't I don't know because I've gone so long injury free. I want to keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's, I get both sides for sure because it also was like, well, people generally do them because it is a lot gentler to just go for a long time quite slowly. And they like the mental side of that challenge, but yeah, it all depends on your body and your life and whatever you want to do. You don't have to add anything ever. You can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to, well, I am for sure going to do a ro- a full road because I want to have, I want to have that in my you know, back pocket that I've done one. I, so I'm going to tell you right now, I've done some really long stuff and nothing beats me up more than a full road marathon. Just be prepared yeah. for that. <laughs> uh, I'll report back. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been, this has been super fun. I love the like fact that, so what happens sometimes is no matter what age you are, it's really fun to say like, this is important to me. And then sometimes I see, you know, some 16 year old running a 5k in 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh, like, what's the point of me taking this seriously? I'm never going to be that. I'm way past that. But that doesn't have to matter. It can still be important to you when you're comparing yourself to literally nobody else. And I think you're a really great example of keeping that fun in it and that joy in yourself. Exactly. And, and one thing I just wanted to touch on was when we like, I mean, years and years, I think 2014, it might've been, I can't remember when I went down with a bunch of girlfriends and for fun, we did the sun run. And on the way back, um, these ladies, some of them had older children who were coming close to graduating high school. And my kids were younger at the time. And they said to me, um, when your kids get older and they get close to leaving the house, um, make sure you have something for yourself set up. Um, like just for you, because when they leave, like, you know, the whole empty nest, you don't because you got a little guy. Um, so I really took that to heart. So I think this has kind of been a natural progression for me because now with my kids gone, I kind of, because I had kids so young, it's kind of my time now. Like this is, 
for me and my kids call, they'll be, they'll call me, Hey mom, what are you doing? I'm out for a run. Oh yeah. Okay. And we chit chat. I talk on the phone to the kids while I'm doing my long runs. And, um, yeah, it's mine. Like, I feel like this is, this is my time now and this is for me and, and this is something for me to focus on. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, just getting bits of yourself back or when you have young kids, keeping bits of yourself. And that is super important also. Yeah. And I always had that, right? So I did the early morning runs when my husband go to work. So that was always just for me. That was my thing um, and my time, my personal time away from the kids and the family. And I kept that up the whole time. And then this has been a natural progression into racing now that the kids are gone. Um, And it was easy because all I needed was a pair of shoes. Yeah. And the first pair of shoes I had were really awful. Like when I look back now, I'm like, I can't believe I ran in those things. They were so bad. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I don't even think they had laces. I think they were a pair of like slip on running type shoe from Walmart. Oh, that's Um, so funny. Well, you might just be lucky. You might just be built to run to be able to pick up running in shoes like that and not get injured. I know. I know. And that's what I say. Like, because sometimes people say to me, how are you injury free still? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just genetics. And they're like, come on. It's not genetics. You put a lot of time in and, and I do do strength, um, to balance it out, but I don't know. It's gotta be some genetic aspect to it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there is. And just the way your gait is and the way your body is. And yeah, for sure. So last question, if you could describe running in three words, what would they be? I would say fun, fun, fast, and free. Nice. Good alliteration. Free free as in it doesn't cost you anything to do it or free as in it's, it frees your soul when you're out there. Yeah. Both terms. Nice. So if our listeners want to find more of you, do you have an Instagram or anything like that? And it's totally okay if you don't. Um, I do. And I haven't, I don't usually post on there, but my oldest daughter's been giving me a bit of a hard time. And she's like, mom, you should post on your stuff on Instagram and post your stuff on Facebook. And so I have been posting more so. And um, it's kind of nice because, so anyways, my Instagram is Tam, T-A-M Gibson, G-I-B-S-O-N 12. And so I've been posting more stuff on there and I'm on Facebook. Uh, I think my Facebook's Tammy Hanson Gibson. But anyways, now I'll be out for a run and running home. I stopped at the grocery store the other day to cut a couple groceries and I'm carrying groceries and I got my dog and I'm running home to my house and this lady drives by and does her window down. She's like, you're so inspiring. So I've had that a lot in town recently um, where, where ladies have been saying to me, you know, I'll say old ladies my age and younger and younger gals saying that I've been really inspiring to them, which is nice. Yeah. I like that. It was weird, weird at first because um, I kind of keep to myself a bit. I train on my own a lot and I work in an office with just me and my employer. Um, so I don't really like having everything out there. But um, my kids have been giving me a hard time saying, Mom, you should put that out there. It's so awesome what you're doing. And so it's nice to get some feedback like that. It feels good. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you'll get some from this podcast. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Time will tell. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. I can hear my son grumbling up in his room now. So we were finishing just in time. And I appreciate you um, again. Well, and and thank you for the chat. And I just want to say I love your podcast. Like I listen to it all the time. I always try to pull little tidbits from each one. And and, um, everybody has something valuable for sure, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
Okay. Well, have a fantastic um, rest of your week. And I definitely post please on your Instagram about this road marathon because I am invested in following along. I will. Okay. Thanks, Hillary. Have a good day.